He is the Stockton Kings uh, head coach. NBA what six. Up? Oh, hey, Bobby Jackson. You already said what's up. NBA six man of the year. Bobby Jackson. What's hey! up, Bobby? What's going on, guys? How you doing, man? And Morgan. And Morgan, how you doing? I'm sorry. Hey, thanks, Bobby. I'm doing great. And I just want to start with, I was telling Deuce, one of my favorite things about calling Stockton Kings games is being on that scores table and looking up at you whenever you get like frustrated about something or you're not okay with something and you just give me this look like, you see that? And I go, I know. Uh, yeah, it's the life of being a coach. Kids driving you crazy. Um, understanding how not to overreact to a lot of things. I think I've grown in a lot of different areas, though. Dude, that's what I was going to ask you about. Of course, for those who don't realize, Bobby Jackson is the head coach of the Stockton Kings, and <coughs> his G League team's playing well, 16-6 and six in the mm. regular season. The number two seed in the Western Conference in the G League. They actually played tonight at Stockton Arena against the Texas Legends, so Bobby joined us on a game day. Bobby, I know you've done the coaching thing. You've done the assistant thing. You've done a variety of roles. What's your favorite part about coaching? You know, honestly, the, my favorite part is just the development part of the game, like the X's and O's. Um, honestly, helping young guys get to where they need to get to and develop their game, especially at the G. It's a grind mm-hmm. every single day. Um, so, you know, when I can help guys – um, develop their game, figure out how to be consistent, become professionals, and, and understanding how to build a routine. You know, that's that's the big thing for me is is honestly watching them thrive and grow in their own roles, but hopefully one day becoming an NBA player. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. You talk about players developing over these years, and I just feel like even as a coach talking to you about hoops over the years, I mean, you've developed in different ways of, as well. How how do you feel that you've developed as a coach over the years? I think with me, I think that's been the best thing for me coming into this role, you know. And I, and I, I was saying this to somebody the other day, like, you don't know what coaching is like until you become a head coach. Mm. And so for me, Ben, these last two years, I've learned so much tremendously um, outside of being behind the bench and being the player development, being in the front office. Like, it's nothing like running your own program, running your own plays, coming up with your own defensive and offensive schemes, um, getting guys to buy into team instead of I. You know, so I feel like like this is probably the best thing for me. And I advise all guys, that want to be an NBA coach to come through the G League Mm. because it's a grind. It's going to test you, but it's also going to develop you and give you that fortitude and the charisma and the knowledge that you need to be successful, um, whether whether it's high school coaching, whether it's college coaching, NBA coaching. So for me, it's, it's been a great it's been a great opportunity just to learn and grow. Dude, That's what the G League's about. I mean, I think the same thing even for us, like. We want to do announcing, and I've been able to do play-by-play. Morgan is a color analyst for the, the Stockton Kings, and I compared what I was doing in my first year to now, and it's like mm-hmm. th- just getting these reps, just getting more comfortable. Yeah. Like it, it goes such a long way in your development. How do you think you've changed from like day one as a head coach to now? Uh, last year I was trying everything. Like I, like I think 
keeping the game simple, right? And I like for me, that was probably the biggest challenge for me because I watch a lot of film. I want to run a lot of ATOs, but sometimes you can't run the difficult ATOs because sometimes you just got to keep it simple just based on the roster that you have, the players that you have. And so that was probably the biggest challenge outside of the 30-second timeouts. The 30-second timeouts last year was a nightmare for me when I first started because they come fast. And now you got to really, really pay attention to drawing up your plays. And you got to be disciplined with it. So the 30-second timeouts was tough. Uh, but I think the biggest challenge for a G League coach is the pulling and the taking of the players, yeah. figuring out how to build consistency and chemistry and camaraderie. I think every G League goes through this. I think that's probably the number one thing that kind of handicaps you from being successful. We've done a good job with it this year with the moving and the taking of Nimi. Chima, Keon, and then KZ being up. So that's probably the toughest things is just trying to get those guys to buy into doing things the right way every single night. Yeah. That, I mean, you talk about all the turnover, uh, not seeing consistency with the players. I mean, you guys just added John Butler Jr. with the Portland Trailblazers because they don't have a G League team. Yeah. So you got this young guy coming in, and Deuce and I were kind of laughing about this the other day, going like, dang, when he goes back, is he going <laughs> to take away all the Sacramento Kings plays and just bring them on back to the Portland Trailblazers? But seriously, it's more of that trying to add a new piece in there. What's What are some of the challenges adding and subtracting some of these players as you continue to go forward? Um, I would probably just say get like he doesn't have any playing time with the guys. Um, yeah. He's a new guy in our environment. But I think we got a great group of young men on our roster where we welcome him with open arms. Um, and he has a, 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 a unique talent. He's seven feet. He can shoot it. He has guard-like skills. Uh, and he's he doesn't demand the ball. He can play in our motion offense and understand what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. Now, if he came in like, oh, I got to shoot. If they came in saying, well, he needs to get 15 and 20 shot attempts a game, then that would probably make it a little bit more difficult. But he's a team player. He's coming in. He's doing the right thing. And I think he has a really good shot at being a unique NBA player because of his size and his shooting ability. Let's talk about a couple of guys that I know Kings fans in Sacramento are wondering about. Keon Ellis, who we've seen a little bit in Sacramento, but you've gotten to see him up close in Stockton. I thought last game he played probably one of his better games of the year. I mean, he's just so active defensively, plays with some intensity. Uh, what, what have you seen from the rookie Keon Ellis? Oh man, he was he was amazing the other yeah. night. When Keon is locked in and you know he's playing both ends of the floor, you know I actually want him to shoot eight threes a game instead of five. Wow! Right, his ability to shoot the three at an elite level, like and he's shooting over forty percent. So that's why I want him to get more three point field goal attempts. But when he locks in and he's a pest on the defensive side of the ball, it just leads to open chance, deflection, open chance opportunity, open court opportunities, deflection, steals, and, and it just gets him going, you know. And 
he's been phenomenal for us this year, and he's grown a lot from once the season started to now, and hopefully he can continue to develop but also help us win games uh, down the stretch these last 10. Yeah, that was such a fun game the other day for him. He just looked so dominant on both ends of the floor. And I think another guy a lot of Sacramento Kings fans love to talk about is Namias Keita. And that's someone in the beginning of this season. And even in the past, Deuce and I have talked about how ah, he needs a little bit more nasty to his game. He seems to be a little bit more physical. He seems to understand um, what's in front of him now at the G League, trying to find his rhythm and being dominant in the paint. What do you like about Nimi? Well, and you said it all, Morg. I think the one thing about Nimi is he's taking on the role of, of being a dominant force for us. And if he's not protecting the paint, he's not setting screens, he's not uh, rebounding, he's not blocking shots, right? And he knows he has to play with that force every single night, you know. And I think he actually has those – I think he has NBA talent and he should – just me – I think he should be on the NBA roster. Like, I love that he's with yeah. us, but he, he has great size. He has great work ethic. Still has some things that he has to get better with. Um, he kind of turns the ball over a lot at the high post and still making those reads. But outside of that, man, he he brings a lot of tenacity. And just playing with force, right? Just trying to get him to play with force every single play. Take his time. Eliminate the the – the unforced turnovers, but he's been special for us. I imagine it's got to be pretty cool as a coach to see <clears throat> like guys just develop. And I know it's not all because of you coaches, but you have to take some pride when you see like some of your guys get better from when they first joined to now. Yeah. And that, and that comes from our coaching staff. Like our coaching staff, we do, they do a tremendous job, you know, Will, Jimmy, JC, all our, our interns, whether it's Ryan, Aaron, um, and, and the rest of the crew that allows us to be successful, you know. So when you when you see the players be successful and they develop on the floor and they playing great games, it's a lot of people have had uh, some hands on and put hands on them and work work with them. Oh, did we lose Bobby? Bobby. And his screen went blank oh. on us. Let's see if he comes back. Maybe no. Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay, you're back. It's cut out for a second. Yeah, you're saying <laughs> like there's so many. You have so many. You have such a great support staff to help develop these guys. Something else I did want to ask you about the Kings. Sacramento Kings have had like a really fun year, uh, and I know you're busy with your own stuff. But I want to talk about the energy with this fan base, man. I'm walking around Sacramento again. It seems like everyone's talking about the Kings. What do you remember about this city when you were? on the team going through like that playoff run, the early two thousands, what made that so special with, with the fans? Man, the city was electric. Yeah. Right. You couldn't, we couldn't go anywhere. Everywhere we went, it was, it was signing autographs and you could feel that vibe again. Right. The guys are playing their butts off. They're being consistent. Um, and they're having fun. That's the most important thing when they step out the whole floor every single night, they're having fun. They're competing. They're playing at an elite level. They're sharing the ball. They're playing, they, you know, the number one offensive scoring team in the league. You know, so they're doing a great job. And I think the city is going to galvanize and, and be behind them just for the simple fact. It's been 16 years 
without being in the playoffs. So, you know, when you have success, now people start to say, you know what, this is a great opportunity for us to get back behind the Sacramento Kings, but also support them. And I don't think that it has left. It's just more energized whenever you walk around Sacramento or you go somewhere. The people are really in tune to the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, after every game, the bean goes up. Mm. Like, people love that type of stuff um, to bring some type of uh, creativity to the league, but also to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I'm sure fans are coming up to you all the time now talking about what what Sacramento (laughs) is doing because you you still live here. Are you you feeling that from the fans too? I still feel a little bit of love, but, you know, it's – I've been here for 22 years. I've been here since 2000, and, like, this is home for me. So, you know, I'm I'm a fixture wherever I go, and uh, I think them reminding me that how well the Kings is going, but also reminding me how well my team is doing, the Stockton Kings is doing. It's amazing. You know, both teams are playing great basketball, and hopefully we can make a great push um, going into the playoffs. You mentioned being here for this long. You know, what made you fall in love with Sacramento? Because I feel like around the league, you know, people are like, oh, Sacramento, that's a bad stop. But I, when people end up playing here, a lot of you former players end up staying in Sacramento. What what was it about this city? It was the best. I mean, when I first got here, yeah. to be honest with you, my rookie year, oh, man. Oh, yeah. It was bad. Yeah. It was nothing to do in Sacramento. And I actually said this. I said this my rookie year. I would never play. I would never come play for the Sacramento Kings because it wasn't nothing to do. It was nothing but agriculture land. Yes, I actually said that my rookie year. Because, you you know, you get used to all the big cities, playing in in Houston, playing in Miami, playing in New York, playing in Chicago, right? Um, And then you get the sack, and it's like 20 years ago, it was small – Nothing going on. So now it just grew on, grew, grew on me. My kids was born here. So, you know, the, the city of Sacramento is treating me um, well, and I don't have anything but nothing but respect um, for the city of Sacramento. Bobby, one more thing for you, too. Deuce and I were talking about this earlier with uh, players nowadays and how it's got to be nice when you're obviously playing it for an organization that has, like, a great fan base that loves you. That's, you know, energetic. Is that something that a player would actually care about when looking to sign with a team? Or is that just an extra bonus? Um, say it again. You cut out about it. Just, just about fan base. More. You know, like think about like we can go over like some crappy fan bases, and you think about like some fan bases that are ruthless, like uh, Philly or you know some uh, New York or where wherever people are just going to boo on their players. Does it does it motivate a player to want to sign somewhere when they know that there's a cool fan base there, or is that just a bonus? Uh, I think it's a bonus. Uh, I think people. I think players, the today players, they don't worry about the fan base. They worry about the city on activities and how big it is. I think the biggest thing is when you're a small market team, it's really tough to understand and get. uh... And Bobby, it froze again. Did it freeze again? 
play, just... they play a huge part in that. Um, but that's a small that they play in. I think when you when you think about signing somewhere and playing for a team, I think you look at how big the city is, the entertainment side, the wins and losses, and then the fan base comes. I think that comes down the road. I think that's like third or fourth yeah. uh, in my mindset. But when you come to Sacramento, I think that's the one thing we've been known for. Our fan base has been tremendous, and it's been amazing. Well, Bobby, I appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit, man. Uh, good luck tonight. We'll see you tonight. Uh, hopefully you guys can keep it rolling in Stockton, man. You, you guys have been killing it this year, 16-6, and six, the number two spot in the West. I think just a game out, number one behind Memphis. Woo. Bobby wants to be coaching a playoff game let's in the go. G League this year. So let's go, Bobby. Yeah, we need to make that happen, man. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, that's Bobby Bye, Jackson. Bobby. We'll see him tonight.